Welcome to Roadside, where we talk about the fascinating and sometimes disturbing history behind roadside attractions and unique destinations. Hello! Hello! And welcome to a very special episode of Roadside. I am Abigail. I am Janica. And in case you didn't already know, it's our 20th episode. Yay! Very yay. (laughs) Very yay. Yay. And we have a big surprise. We do. We do. We have a big surprise. We have a big surprise. We've been teasing it. Yep. I can feel the tension rising. Oh. (laughs) Since this is our 20th episode, we have to give you the surprise now. Yes. Mom. Yes. Would you like to do the honors? I was going to let you do it. I was going to let you do it. Oh. You want to do it together? We'll do it together. Okay. Okay. One, two, three. We're on YouTube. And you can see our faces now. Hey. Hello, this is what I look like. And this is what I look like. For those that are actually seeing this on YouTube. Oh, thank yes. you. Because we're still on a podcast too. Right, right. <laughs> Not everybody's going to watch us on YouTube. But now we'll be on YouTube for anybody that wants to see us. And we'll have... More videos on TikTok because we'll have all this footage now. Yes, very exciting. So you'll get to see us more. Yay. (laughs) See us in our beautiful faces. Yes. So, mother, tell me about life. Life. Um, I can't think of anything. (laughs) It hasn't been. Yeah. Just living life. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I don't think I have any updates. My cat is in a cone right now. Aww. I don't have the, yeah, anything really on me for an update, but I do have updates for our listeners. Ooh, exciting. Yes. So we have made some changes to our Patreon we for sure our have. listeners. And I think they're going to be exciting. I'm excited. Oh, good. (laughs) We changed the last two levels because the last two levels, while I'm very, I I would have been very happy to have somebody pick one of the last two levels. Right. It hasn't happened, but I did some research on different levels of Patreon. So we lowered the dollar amounts on our last two levels. And for anybody that doesn't know what Patreon is, it's basically a monthly payment i guess through patreon Mm -hmm. to become a patron patron and support our show and so it helps support our show financially and then you get some benefits from it depending on which like a like a subscription yeah yeah and you get to pick what you get out of it and how much you pay right so you can go to our podcasts and other things yes yeah, lots of people have Patreon. Yeah. But you can go to roadsidepodcast.com and there is a little button there that says Patreon and you can click on that and you can sign up uh, to become a patron. Pick which level you want. We have 5 10 20 30 and $50 a month. Whoop. And each level comes with all different stuff, but they all come with bonus episodes. Yes. So, yes. And I love our bonus episodes. I do too. They're fun. They are. And then we also have now added a tip jar. So if you don't want a monthly commitment and you still want to help us, you can go to our tip jar and you can 
do a dollar, you can do seven million dollars. However much you do that want one. To. Do that one. Do that one. <laughs> you can pick whatever amount you want, and right. just all of that helps to support our show. And we use that money. Um, we've gotten microphones. Um, we use it for website. Our website access our RSS feed, which is what we actually use to put our podcast out. And we use it to to travel to sites if we're going to sites. And there is a conference coming up that we would love to go to. So yes, I would love to go to that. If we're not able to, that's fine. Um, hopefully next year. But yeah. we just wanted to update you that uh, we now have tip jar and we've changed the Patreon a little bit. So you can go to our website, roadsidepodcast.com, and you can select one of those. Yeah, do that. Yeah. And you'll also find our email there, which is roadsidepod at gmail, our Facebook, which is, do you have it in front of you? Nope, <laughs> sure don't. I sure don't. Let me pull it up. Uh, Facebook, Roadside Podcast. Instagram, Roadside Pod. TikTok, Roadside Podcast. So those are all yes. of our socials. And now also YouTube, which is YouTube. Roadside Pod. Roadside Pod on YouTube. Those, those are all also linked at the very top of our website. So you can just go to one place if you want to, roadsidepodcast.com. Again, I said it like three times. Isn't that what they do in a commercial? They say it like three times. Probably, yeah. So you remember it? Yeah. yeah. You can see my cat back here. She's got her cone on. No, she's, she's pretty mad at me right now. <laughs> She'll survive. You can also access all of our episodes from our website and get merchandise. Yeah. It's, it's filled with lots of things. Yes. Everything <laughs> is on our website, basically. Yes, everything is there. Yeah. All right. So if you ever need anything from us, go there. Yes. That's where you go. Lock it into memory. It will also be in the show notes so that you don't really have to lock it into memory. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, I can't even lock our own stuff into memory. <laughs> Same. <laughs> hey, we got a yeah. lot going on. It's hard to remember sometimes. Yes. But the show notes, that's why they're there. So right. you can go find stuff. <laughs> right. So you can find us. Yes. Uh, let me go. Okay. So that's it for me. What about you? Anything else for you? No. I started packing. I have to move in like a month. Yeah. Boo. And I'm excited to where I'm moving though. So that's okay. Yeah. But I've started taking down my decor and I'm so sad because my decor is my life. You'll get I, to put it back up. I know. I know. I, know. I just <laughs> miss it. I miss it already. I, I miss know. the coziness, you know? Yeah. Starts to get so blank. I know. Sad. Yeah. But it's okay. Yeah. That's really it. I don't got nothing going on. All right. Well, you want to get into this episode? I would freaking love to. Okay. So I'm just going to tell you right now that this is likely to become a series because today we are talking about the oldest speakeasy. Ooh, I know how you love a good speakeasy. <laughs> speakeasies <laughs> and if anybody out there knows a good speakeasy that we should talk about tell us please email us or tell us on our socials something we yeah. would love them this one is called tommy's detroit bar and grill Ooh, tommy's. That, is the, 
That is the current name of it. It's gone through some name changes. Tommy is a very, like, 20s gangster name. I like it. <laughs> yeah. First, I'm going to talk a little bit about Prohibition. Uh, when I talk about more speakeasies further on down the road, I'll leave out the Prohibition stuff because, you know, people can come back to this. But right. for those that are aware, Prohibition is basically the outlawing of alcohol, consumption, Ooh. sales, everything. And it was for 13 years, but there was a little bit of a road leading oh, up I to it. Oh, I didn't even know it was for 13 years. Yeah. Oh, I, f- I felt like it wasn't that long, but I wasn't yeah. I wasn't there, so I can't say. Well, I wasn't either, but yeah. yeah. It was for 13 years, but there was a lot leading up to it, which I yes. found a lot of history on this that I hadn't didn't even know about. Mm-hmm. So in 1777... So we're going back a long time. Way back. Yeah. The Second Continental Congress considered a ban on whiskey, but it did not pass. Just whiskey? Just, well, that's all I could find, but it said whiskey. Okay. So that was just, that was kind of like the the very start of all of this. Right. In 1814, so this was quite a while later, the Massachusetts Society for the Suppression of Intemperance was formed. And then similar organizations were formed in other states. And this was basically the beginning of many different groups that were supporting the ban of alcohol and trying to trying to stop it. Right. In 1840, the Washingtonian movement in Baltimore, which was uh, men started pledging that they were abstaining from drinking. So this just started to kind of roll with these men that were pledging this. And then the temperance movement was pretty much full-blown at this point. Churches started to equate drinking with sin, and people who drank were kind of looked at by these different temperance groups and churches as sinners and terrible people and started criticizing them. it was a a huge thing back in the day. I mean, I remember learning about this in like history class and Mm -hmm. about how like I don't know how how much of a problem it got to be at that time, yeah. With the incessant drinking, and you know, then that ended up leading to bad things like sin. I guess you could say. Yeah, you know, I've got some of that. <laughs> Same. I mean, I don't. I mean, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what I'm talking about today. Yeah. <laughs> we all have sins in our past, Mom. <laughs> no, I am an angel. Don't you see my halo? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So people, and then people that like couldn't stop drinking or didn't stop drinking, they were criticized. In 1842, Abe Lincoln, who you know I also love. Mom loves Abe Lincoln. (laughs) This was almost an episode that was more involved with Abe Lincoln. So I'll get to, I'll get there someday. But I thought that this was interesting. I was like, oh, that's kind of funny because I was Was actually going to do an entire episode and then it came back. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe. I knew you would do that at some point. Did you? Yeah. I know. I actually have quite a few Abe Lincoln places on my list. Oh, so it could have been any, it could have been a lot of them, but. Right. Anyway. So Abraham Lincoln gave a temperance speech to the Springfield, Washington Temperance Society. And many people, like this was attended by a lot of different church going people and they they fully expected him. Like they were like, yes, 
Abe is coming. I'm putting this in. This is like my words right now, but Mm -hmm. they fully expected him to be in support of all of this and to criticize people that were drinking. Right. And they were kind of surprised when he said, talking about a man who drinks, quote, he needs every moral support and influence that can possibly be brought to his aid and thrown around him. End quote. That's a good one. Yeah. You know, if you're just telling somebody they're a piece of shit because they're drinking alcohol, that's not supportive. That's not helping them. Right. right. Let's uh, let's give them a little help instead of criminalizing them. Right. Yes. Um, as you know, there's other things that people just want people think is wrong. So all they do is criticize people for it. Right. Uh, in 1851, Maine became the first state to ban alcohol. And then in 1852, Oregon, Minnesota, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Vermont joined. Okay. By 1855, seven more states would outlaw alcohol. So at this point, there's like 13 different states now have made alcohol illegal. Okay. So it's it's slowly getting there. Yes. By the start of the Civil War in 1861... All states but Maine repealed their bans. Oh. Because they suddenly realized, oh, we don't have tax revenue anymore from all of this alcohol sales. Interesting. Yeah, Interesting. it all comes down to the money. I didn't think about that, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now all the, these all these states, deci- except for Maine, decided, oh, it's okay again because we need your money. We need your money. Yeah, exactly. Maine actually continued to prohibit alcohol until prohibition ended in 1933, which means that Maine actually outlawed alcohol for 82 years. Wow. Yeah. I never knew that. (laughs) I didn't either until I studied. I always learn something in your episodes. I learn something in yours too. So I always learn something when I do my own too. Yeah. Yeah. I learn something every episode. Yep. So after the war ended, women started the temperance movement again. They're like, we, you know, we want this band again. The war is over. You've got the money. We want to, we want to do this. And this really started with women because they started blaming alcohol on abuse and financial problems in their families. They started to hold protests outside of saloons and breweries and distilleries. Mm Mm-hmm. And in 1874, the Women's Christian Temperance Union was formed and began lobbying for a nationwide ban on alcohol. In 1893, so this was like 20 years later, like this is spanning a long time. Right. (laughs) The Anti-Saloon League was formed by Wayne Wheeler. And by 1908, he had successfully got 50 counties in Ohio to ban alcohol. So at this point, it's still Maine is the only one that has completely outlawed alcohol. Uh, But in 1917, Michigan joined that. So they were the first state to do it again, even though different counties in Ohio had Mm -hmm. become dry counties. Not a whole state had done it yet again. So, you know, Maine was back in 1851, and then it took until 1917 for another state to join. Okay. And so so that was Michigan. And Michigan called it the Damon Act at the time. 
The Damon Act? Yes. Okay. I don't know why. I couldn't find why it was called yeah, the Damon I, I Act. Know. Yeah. But in January of 1919, the 18men- 18th Amendment became law. Quote, the manufacture, sale, or transportation of intoxicating liquors within the importation thereof into or the exportation thereof from the United States and all territory subject to the jurisdiction thereof for beverage purposes is hereby prohibited. Okay. So this went into effect exactly one year later. So this was January of 1919. So January of 20, 1920 is when prohibition officially started. By the early 19th century, it's estimated that an average adult male was drinking 7 to 12 gallons of alcohol per year. That's a lot. Now, that statistic to me was like, wow, that's a lot, 7 to 12 gallons. So I was like, okay, let's break this down, though, because alcohol is not drunk in gallons. It's in ounces, you know? So I wanted to, and it's over a year. So I wanted to see how much is that really. So I did the math. So with today's alcohol measurements, I don't know, things could have been stronger back then, you know, I'm not sure. But with today's alcohol measurements being about one and a half ounces per drink or a shot, this would be approximately one and a half to three drinks every day. Okay, that's not bad. Right? Like I was like, okay, yeah. you say like it says seven to 12 gallons of alcohol per year. And maybe like when you it was say like, it like that, it sounds like a lot. Right. But you're like, oh, so on average, they had one and a half to three drinks every day. And that's average. So you've got people that right. are probably drinking more, obviously. And then maybe there's somebody that's having like one glass of wine a night, you know? Right. Like that's not a big deal. So it just made it seem like, oh my gosh, that's so much alcohol. This must be a huge problem. I was like, okay, well, that's not really that much when I think about it. Who doesn't have a drink after work? Right. Like it just, I don't know. Right. So yes, prohibition officially began January 17th, 1920, uh, making alcohol illegal and closing all bars. They could, well, if if they served alcohol, they could no longer serve alcohol. Uh, By 1933... The consequences of prohibiting alcohol started to become very apparent. So after Mm. 13 years of this, Mm -hmm. some of these consequences were the loss of tax revenue. Thousands of people lost their jobs, not only because like a bartender might or a waitress might lose their job, but barrel manufacturers, Mm -hmm. farmers, glass making companies, truckers. Right. Thousands of people were losing their jobs. All into it. Yeah. Because of the alcohol industry. Right. And it also had an increase in crime. Yeah. 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 (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Regulations around the country started to become more lax around the start of 1933 because they started realizing all these, you know, oh, there's a lot more crime now. Right. Al Capone. So Michigan, yeah. Michigan, who was the first state to join after Maine, you know, at the first state of the um, of prohibition, mm-hmm. actually became the first state to ratify the 21st Amendment in April of 1933. So they were the first state in, first state out, except okay. for Maine, because they never stopped, basically. Right. So in May of 1933, in Detroit, Michigan, the American Legion Convention celebrated this 
with 300 barrels of booze and 500 cases of beer. Wow. <laughs> they had a big party. They had a big party. They were all probably trashed. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. sure. I mean, if I was alive back then. Oh, yeah. I would have been at that party. I would have been drinking. I would have been at speakeasies for sure. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. By the end of 1933, prohibition would end for the entire U.S. So no more. Yep. Yep. That is pretty much the story of prohibition. A little, just a little snippet there. So now we're going to get into Tommy's Detroit Bar and Grill. I am excited about this. And Abigail, you and I were only three miles from this place when we went to Canada. You're kidding. No, literally, the I looked at the map and the turn that you make to get onto the, the bridge to go across the uh, river mm-hmm. that goes into Canada. If we had been driving three more miles, we would have been there. You're crazy. I know. That's I, I like dang. I know. I was like, I'm there. Right. Maybe we will someday. Maybe someday. Tommy's Detroit Bar and Grill is located at 624 3rd Avenue in Detroit, Michigan. It is just two blocks from the Detroit River. So we might have even been closer than three miles. Mm-hmm. This is, like I said, this is the current name for it. It has changed names a lot. I couldn't find all the names that it had been, but it also had a bunch of different stuff in it okay (laughs) this is possibly the u.s's oldest speakeasy i found some conflicting arguments i guess on that but the reason that this one was is because this one opened in 1840 now obviously prohibition was not in effect then so it technically wasn't a speakeasy at that time right right you know some speakeasies opened during prohibition Mm-hmm. And then shut down. Some bars turned into speakeasies and then some and like they had a front, you know, like one bar might sell like, oh, we sell tea and we sell soap or whatever. Mm-hmm. But really, if you knew the password right. or something like that, you knew you could get what you wanted. Right. Uh, but this one opened in 1840 and is still open. So it's nice. considered one of the, if not the oldest one. That's really cool. Even if it's not the oldest, it's really cool. Yeah. I mean, that's been around a long time, almost yeah. 200 years now. Yeah. That's a long, that long ass time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it opened in 1840 as a small wooden structure, and then it was built as a, a re- rebuilt as a one-story brick building in 1869. Around the 1880s, a front addition was added to it. And then around the late 1890s, a second story was added to it. Okay. At this time, the name was the Andrew Healy Saloon. Okay. So that's as far back as I could find a name was the 1890s. So what, whatever it was for the first 50 years, I, I'm not sure. I mean, it yeah. could have been that. It could have been something else. I don't know. Right. In 1893, the Union Depot train station opened across the street. It's no longer there, but it brought a lot of business to the bar, Mm -hmm. especially during World War II, because this was a major departure point for troops. And a lot of men, while waiting for their trains, they would stay in the church next door, go to the bar. I mean, you got, you're you're about to go off to war. Right. Might as well take a couple shots. (laughs) Right. A lot of guys are frequenting this bar at this point. Right. 
Oh, and then also in the early 1900s, so I'm not exactly sure when, it also had a barber shop inside oh. and a cigar maker in the building. Okay. Which from what I saw, I saw a couple YouTube videos on it. And from what I saw, the cigar maker was basically this man just standing at a little table, just rolling cigars. Nice. Yeah. Might as well. Right. You know, you can get a a drink, get your hair cut, smoke a cigar. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and then also like at the train, train station, I think they also had like a shoe shine. Like it was kind of like this trip between the church, the train station and Tommy's, all of these soldiers like kind of was all around it. Mm-hmm. So it's like kind of where they hung out. Right. In 1915, a small side building was constructed right next to it. Okay. It was attached to it. It was very small. And this becomes an important piece. Okay. That was in 1915. Uh, the owner of the building in the late teens through the 20s was a man named Harry Weitzman. Harry Weitzman. Harry Weitzman. So during Prohibition, Harry turned this, the first level, into an Italian restaurant. Okay. That's what the main floor was. Underneath it was built a little basement, very tiny basement. Mm -hmm. But between a secret door underneath the stairs, you could go into the rest of the basement. And this was called Little Harry's. Little Harry's. And that was the speakeasy. Nice. Yep. And that was run from 1917, because that's when Prohibition started in Michigan, through 1933. Okay. So the way that you could get into this speakeasy is Harry had guest cards made up, and they were basically business cards. And it just said, Little Harry's, in quotes on it, had the address and the phone number. No description of the business, nothing else was on there, but you had to show this card in order to get in, and only people like that were trustworthy could get one of these cards. Right. That's kind of fun. I know. <laughs> I want to be one of those people. Harry operated it until around 1929, 1930, and then I'm not sure who took it over at that point. Okay. Part of this also, that little brick building on the side housed a secret entrance into this bar. And then there were also tunnels underground. Ooh, I love an underground tunnel. <laughs> that went through here and they were used to transport alcohol in from Canada. Ooh, sneaky. And they were also used for many years to help enslaved people escape the US. Oh, wow. So this was part of the Underground Railroad. Right. Uh, The tunnels could also be used if there were any raids on the speakeasy, which to my knowledge, there never was a raid on this particular one. I never saw anything about that. Yeah. During Prohibition in Detroit, most bootlegging and illegal activities were controlled by the Purple Gang, which I had never heard of the Purple Gang. I have no idea who that is. I was like, maybe I should have because apparently they were pretty big. Big? I mean, they were pretty well known at the time I, I from what i could tell there was only like nine of them officially involved but then there was like other branches or something yeah. of it but they were essentially a group of jewish immigrant men who from the time that they were children were pretty much criminals okay yeah they were like classic picking pockets and stealing and stuff like that so during prohibition they kind of took over and they were described as a vicious criminal gang 
Yikes. And they pretty much ran all of the alcohol coming in and out of the U.S. or coming into the U.S. It is estimated that 75% of all the alcohol that came into the U.S. during Prohibition came across from Canada through Detroit with the Purple Gang. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's a lot. That is a lot. And even Al Capone, who came from Chicago to Detroit to do business with the Purple Gang, he had to answer to them instead of the other way around. So that kind of tells you how in charge the Purple Gang was. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He didn't get to run the Purple Gang. They were big boys. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, In 1934, one year after Prohibition ended, Harry ended up opening an upscale restaurant and piano bar with the same name, Little Harry's, Mm -hmm. which he did shut down. That's no longer there. It's currently an IHOP. Oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, In the mid-1930s, after Prohibition ended, that little bitty side building was demolished and the secret entrance was bricked over. Mm. And you can still see the outline where it is. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, so a couple name changes I did discover. The man that owns it now is Tom Burrell. And I don't know how long he's owned it. Um, it's been quite a while. So, but that's why it's named Tommy's. Right. But I found this interesting. In the late 1930s to 40s, it was called Tom's Tavern. Oh. And it was owned huh. by another man. Funny. <laughs> And then in the another man named Tom. And then in the 1950s to 1970s, it was called Thomas's Barn. So like so three different Toms. Toms have owned it. Yeah. Right. And it's had it like for quite a while, you know. That's funny. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. A little coincidence. Yeah. So I've seen a few videos with him and I've seen a few videos of like just touring inside of it. There is lots of sports memorabilia on the wall. There's lots of uh, TVs and things like that to watch sporting events, as you can imagine, because it's a bar and grill. Right. But there's also a lot of historical pieces on the wall. So in uh, 19 or 19, in 2013, Preservation Detroit approached Tommy and asked him if they could do some research on the building. Nobody knew that this speakeasy was there. Until Wayne University, who came in with their archaeology department, did an excavation on it. That's crazy. Yeah. So this was just discovered in 2013 that it was even wow. a speakeasy. That's cool. <laughs> because but previously, if you go down to the basement, all you saw was a pile of dirt. Like it was a big right. pile of dirt. It was just a very small brick. It was just a very small brick basement that was filled with dirt. And then some people said it looked like about enough dirt that you could have dug out another part of the basement. Okay. (laughs) Interestingly enough. Yeah. Um, So the excavation took 11 weeks and the archaeology department found proof of the speakeasy. Mm -hmm. They found it could be accessed by entering that small building on the side they discovered that you could see that there was also the underground tunnels hidden staircases to my knowledge they did not like completely take down the wall between it but they did have cameras that went through all of that to see what was on the other side yeah there were casino games there was green like it was a completely green wood paneled room Mm -hmm. Um, nice furnishings and things like that. They found broken bottles. They found distillery barrels, 
they also found a couple buckets of bones. Oh. Which ended up being fake. <laughs> okay. Cool, 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 cool. Because <laughs> that's scary. However. Oh, however. There are lots of rumors that the Purple Gang did bury bodies here. Yikes. So it is considered haunted as well. Of course it is. You can't have a speakeasy that's not haunted. Of course. So I'm going to tell you about some of the haunting stuff. Tell me everything. Okay. The current owner, Tommy, Mm -hmm. I believe this was kind of like when they were setting up and there was a, a cabinet and he was trying to put stuff in it and he couldn't get it to close and he couldn't figure out why he couldn't get the door to close. And a friend of his was like, kind of squatted down, reached in, and found a bulb of garlic that was tied with a ribbon. That sounds so witchy. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. So witchy. And in this video, he said his friend- Not the vampires. His friend pulled it out and was like, guess you have vampires. (laughs) And his friend threw it away. And then the cabinet was able to be filled with everything they needed to fill it with. His friend, okay. she ended up like fill, stacking all the things in there. They, like, I think it was a display cabinet. Okay. So there was like different, you know, memorabilia and stuff in there. And she stacked it all in there, closed the door. The, clo- the doors closed just fine and dandy. The next morning when they came back, everything was out of the cabinet and stacked exactly how it had been stacked on the back bar. Was the garlic back where it was? No, I had to think the garlic was actually just thrown that away. so weird. Yeah. So someone, some witch put that garlic there and didn't want anybody to mess with it. She said, "This is you leave this here. And then someone messed with it and she was vengeful. She said, you don't mess with my workings. My yeah. thought was she was trying to keep a spirit away and that spirit came back because the garlic was gone. Right, exactly. Yeah. So garlic is very protective yeah. In the witchy world. So that's probably what it was for. It was for a protection of the home or protection from something negative. Right. Yeah. Then he said the same memorabilia. He had two bobbleheads. And when he walked in, the bobbleheads were going insane. Whoa. Bobbing up and down very fast. As yeah. bobbleheads don't do unless you touch them. Right. And he said he well, There's an earthquake. Yeah. He said he spoke, and as soon as he spoke, they stopped. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is so scary. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Another time, he said the basement door was usually open, but he found it shut a few times and shut to the point that he had to shove at it, like, super hard, almost as Mm -hmm. like if something was blocking it from the inside. Hmm. And when he finally forced it open, there was a gust of cold wind and the light would pop on. You know what that is. There was no electricity to the light. We all know that's we all know that's a ghost right there. Yeah. We all know. Yeah. So maybe there are bones there. Doing doing this podcast has further proven my belief in ghosts. Has it? Yep. For sure. <laughs> so he said that happened to him a couple times. Scary. He also said he had a customer Because customers, like, they have tours of this, and you can go tour Mm -hmm. it, and you can go down in the basement, and you can take pictures and all of this. And he had a customer in there one time who was loudly being like, that's fucking bullshit. Ghosts aren't real. Blah, blah, blah. So this guy gets up. He goes into the bathroom. They hear him scream. He comes out of the bathroom. 
And he's got a big mark across his forehead. And he said he was shoved so hard that his feet lifted off the ground and he slammed his head into the wall and nobody was in the bathroom with him. That's what you get, dude. Don't mess with the spirits. (laughs) So Tommy said the guy continued to come back to the bar, but he refused to go into the bathroom. Yeah, (laughs) that's fair. I mean, it's hard to find a good bar, you know? (laughs) You got to do what you got to do. What I thought was funny, though, is that he said he would go outside into the alley and pee in the alley. And I'm like, dude, that's like public indecency. You can't do that. Yeah. Guys do it all the time. (laughs) But I guess he was he was less concerned about getting a ticket for public indecency than he was about being spooked by a ghost. About the ghost. Yeah. (laughs) Take your chances. Right. He said there have been many times people have taken photos and when they get their pictures back, there's an orb in the photo. That's so cool. And there was this one where he said this guy brought like this guy brought his um, grandson in and his grandson was like eight or nine or something like that. And his grandson was starting to get a little scared because they they're like telling these different stories. Right. Talking about ghosts and stuff. Yeah. And so. The um, grandpa said, oh, but Tommy's ghosts are nice ghosts, so it's okay. And he's like, look, well, I'll take a picture with one. And he, like, put his arm just, like, out in the air, like, as if he had his arm around somebody. Right. And when they got the picture back, where his arm is, there's, like, this big yellow orb just that right there. That is so cool. Yeah. The ghost is like, yeah, let me hop in. Photobomb. <laughs> he's like, want to take a picture? I'll, I'll take a picture. <laughs> that is so cool. I mean, speakeasy ghosts have to be fun ghosts, right? Oh, for like, sure. Having a good time. For sure. Like nothing. I, I feel like there wouldn't be any like bad vibes there. Like they're not trying to. The only reason they mess with you is to joke around. Right. You know, like, it's not like they're God purposely trying them. to hurt you. Right. right. They're just these like drunken bar ghosts that are here to have a good time. <laughs> I love you know? it. I love it. They, they, they knew where they were coming in the afterlife. They knew where they wanted to go. They said, I yeah. want to go to that bar. And there here they are. Yep. Yep. They are having they're having exactly. a blast. Yeah. I mean, heck, what a what a way to celebrate your ghostliness, you know? Right. Just hang out at your old favorite bar, mess with people. Right. That'd be fun. That'd be a good time. Sounds like fun to me. You know, I want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> let's do that. Let's dress up as ghosts and haunt a bar together for Halloween. Okay, let's do it. Cool. So the last thing is people have claimed to see figures walking out of the walls dressed in old style clothing. People have seen arms coming out because apparently they're also like where they would shove out like the barrels and stuff. Oh, okay. They would see the arms coming out as if they were, I don't know, bringing the barrels in or shoving them out, whatever they were doing. Weird. And then... Tommy himself said he saw a man walking in a white suit with a white hat on, which sounds very 20s. If it was a top hat, I'm going to lose my mind. I don't know if it was a top hat. I'm going to I'm going to believe that it's a top hat. But in this video, which I'll link all of these in the show notes, in this video there was somebody who commented and he said that was Mr. White. <gasps> And he goes, look it up. It's a Detroit legend. I could not find it. So if anybody really? knows about Mr. White. and I, Mr. I, White, like this, the ghost. And this post was um, like eight years ago or four years ago. Okay. There was m- multiple different stories on it. But 
so I didn't comment on it or anything like that, but I was like, I would love to find out more about that and see if I right. can find it. I tried looking up like urban legends of Detroit, but I couldn't find it. Yeah. I want to know who Mr. White is and I want to know why he's dressed so fancy. Where is he going? Right. What I do you need know. a top hat for? <laughs> I don't know. I want a white top hat. I mean, you know, Maybe they, I'll wear one at my wedding. Back that like the flappers and like the the gangsters, right. they're like right. all dressed dressed great, you know. Oh yeah, I love the flapper dresses and the pearls and the haircuts. Mm. I love it. Yes, that is Tommy's Detroit Bar and Grill. I want to go there the first of hopefully more speakeasies that I discover. Yeah, it will definitely be more guys for sure. Yeah. Mom well, I definitely want to talk about, like, we have one in St. Louis called the Thaxton. We do? But we do. I've been there. I didn't know that. Yeah. Let's go um, when I'm in town. I don't know if we'll have time the next time you're in town, but maybe the next time. We'll see. Okay. We'll figure it out. Um, yeah. So it's called the Thaxton. I don't know if there's more history behind it, though. You know, I don't know if it's worthy of an episode. There, It might be. You never know. And then I, It might be. And then. You should look into it. I will. I, oh, I will. Okay. I call all speakeasies. <laughs> okay, It'll deal. My series. Deal. Okay. okay. I'll let it slide this time. Thanks. You should see if it has any connection with the uh, with the Lemps and like their beer business. Oh. Because what was the Lemp beer? It was a uh, Falstaff. Right? Oh, okay. Because the yeah. beer that they had in Detroit was like Store or something like that. It was like S T O H R or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. But I think at the time it was just like Lemp was the brand, but mm. it was bought by the Falstaff brand. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you want to know, if you want to know more about that, go listen to episode one because that was our episode first episode. One. That was mansion. honestly one of my favorite episodes to do. That was a good one. And I was yeah. so nervous about it because it was episode one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you started this really off. <laughs> I know. It's like, it's up to me. Make or break. Yeah. The other one that I've been to is in Portland, and that one's called Bible Club. Yes, I have heard about that one. A lot of speakeasies had different names, you know, so Mm -hmm. they were like a front. Like there was one that I saw that was like Mortgage Company or something. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so. Mortgage Company. You know, you'd you'd have different fun names of them. Uh, I would love to find more speakeasies. And I mean, I could Google them, obviously, but it would be fun to have suggestions from our guests especially if you've been to them that would be fun to to have a or from our guests send us your stories send us your pictures yeah Yeah, or you know if uh if you own a speakeasy tell me everything if you own a speakeasy i want you to be on this podcast with us yes absolutely that would be really cool tell us if you own a speakeasy yes or if you know somebody who owns a speakeasy reach out to them Send them this episode. Tell them we want to talk to them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Immediately, yes. So that is, uh, that's all I got for you today. That's that. I liked that. That was good. I like Tommy's. Thanks. I want to go. So 20 with our special surprise. Yeah. You're welcome. And we will also link Tommy's in the show notes yes. because they have a Facebook page. We're going to tag them in our socials. I don't know if they're on anywhere but Facebook. Facebook was the only one that I could find, but. They had quite a few YouTube videos. They were on like the Detroit news and stuff like that. So I don't know how many people outside of Detroit know about Tommy's. But when I found it, I was like, I got to do this one. You know, I mean, it's haunted. It's a speakeasy. It's old. Okay. Don't have to convince (laughs) me. (laughs) Right. Speakeasy. Secret password. Ghosts. 
drinking. Mom's in. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that is that. Thank you for listening. And thank you so much for listening. Follow us. We love you. Follow us. Go to our show notes. Email us. Go to our website. us. Yes. Share us with a friend. Yes. And always keep finding the yes. thrill in the mysterious. We love you all. Farewell. Bye. Bye.